0: Back at the lake. Beautifully foggy day today. We have a fair bit of ice on the small ponds. Uh, I've been getting back into walking. I think this is my fourth day on the trot, so that's uh, a good thing. I'm trying to get back into a sensible rhythm. And I thought I would just say a couple of words about, um, well, a reflection on one of my earlier podcasts it's one I did a while ago if I, if I can find the specific one I'll put a note in the uh, in the podcast notes for this talk but um, it's about finding looking for and realising the context of what we're doing and very often there's context, uh, stories about ourselves or stories about other people, stories about our relationships with other people. Generally, these things seem to all come together, in my experience. The way that we kind of try to sum ourselves up, to summarise ourselves and find a definition, a reality for ourselves. Um, It's never quite enough, it's never quite right, it's never, I suppose you could say, it's never really necessary. I suppose we can motivate ourselves if we really want to by telling telling ourselves that we're doing the wrong thing or something and we need to do the right thing. If that helps, that's great, but... very often when we look closely at why we might not be doing things quite as we wish to there's a a lack of straightforwardness there's a lack of simplicity because ultimately easy to say it but ultimately there is no uh, no barrier Uh, very easy to say that but of course we as human beings we spend our lives Uh, working within what seem to be quite strong barriers in terms of uh, what we can allow ourselves to do what we can bring ourselves to do in terms of living a good life a compassionate life a loving life because that's always Stepping outside of our of our habits and our comfortable day to day, really, we are always always stepping into the unknown in some level, at some level, and in some way. And uh, I I think it's very important to be comfortable with that, to get used to this idea. the the specific thing that I was going to talk about really is the um, in in, in the talk I mentioned earlier I I talked about how it's easy to think that when we're being um, affected, if you like, by someone else, it's easy to think that that's them and of course it's always two way, it's always a uh, there's always a relationship aspect to that. And... When I spoke about it before, I realised that there was a an expectation there, there was a preconception about the nature of these kinds of what you might call karmic connections, these... Uh, very, very often quite emotionally framed things where you, you might feel that somebody owes you something or they did the wrong thing or positive or negative, I suppose. And I was talking about how it's almost like there's a rope connecting you. And it's easy to think that they are pulling on your rope. In fact, I think that's a bit of a... Uh, bit of a... Known phrase, isn't it? What I was pointing to was the fact that actually there is... There needs to be a, some receptivity, some connection there. And then in fact, there's two ends to the rope and you are... You're actually pulling on the other end as well. Now... The preconception that I'm talking about, I think actually a lot of the time is true. And and the the preconception was when you see attachment and you see it as attachment, because very often with these things it seems like seeing something clearly is, is the same as understanding it. So kind of bound up with that is this idea that these things are there to be let go of and as I say, I think most of the time a lot of the time that seems to be true, but my my preconception in a way was that that was always true. And one of the things that's come up with my mother's recent death is I realise that actually sometimes it's not good to let go of the rope. And there's a line in one of the scriptures that's read in the mornings at uh, the monastery. I think it's in the scripture called The Most Excellent Mirror Samadhi. And there's, there's a line which has come to mind many times over the years, which is, it calmly, clearly shows when all conditions ripen. And I've I found that very comforting, very powerful over the years, because there can be a tendency to want to drive, want to be in control, of one's life and one's Buddhist training. And there's this, possibly an idea, you may may come with a similar idea to me, I don't know, but I had this idea that it was all about putting things right, clearing things up, letting things go. Quite a getting things done kind of a mindset. With my experiences in the last few weeks of mum's life, I realised that it would have been kind of cruel, it would have been wrong for me, for example, to have decided, ah, this is attachment, I'm a Buddhist, I should cut ties, I should give up everything, give up my relationship with my mum. And to be clear, I'm, you know this is really only an issue because of a rather complicated relationship and a difficult relationship over the years. For reasons which I may go into in another in another podcast, but I, I might not. But suffice it to say that it's it's been a, a complicated relationship, a difficult time, and there have been times where I've really seriously wondered why I've stayed close and stayed available to her in many ways. Going through this process, I realized that actually, even if you see and recognize something there's attachment and and it's there to be let go of, Sometimes the compassionate thing is, is not to let go of it. And I'm not saying that I really was in a position to make that judgment, to say, oh, no, no, the compassionate thing is to, is to hold on. All I can say is that it never felt right to cut ties like that. It never felt, at heart, the best thing to do. It brings to mind uh, the definition of a bodhisattva. Um, it's one of the kinds of—I'm uh, not quite sure how you describe it. Actually, it's a well. Let's say um, it's a—it's a concept in Buddhism which involves a being who is training in Buddhism and is so compassionate that they don't enter into Nirvana. They remain in the world of difficulty and pain and birth and death in order to help other people, in order to help other people find the truth, find peace and find the the Buddha way. And although I've known about this concept for an awfully long time and understood it to some extent and been inspired by it definitely over the years, I'm now wondering if this is an, what I've experienced with my mum in my life as being an aspect of the reality of the Bodhisattva Way. Because this way of practicing is uh, very important, particularly in, well, I I think in all forms of Buddhism, to be honest. I was going to say in the Mahayana tradition, which is the Zen tradition. Zen is part of that tradition. Um, But it, it makes it very real, in a sense, because... Looking back it seems very clear that I had a number of opportunities over the years to to cut ties and to and to do things which I could probably justify quite well, quite easily. For a whole bunch of reasons. From wanting my independence as a as an adult and also I could justify it by being a, a bold and good Zen trainee and all of this stuff. And I think, to be honest, it probably would have been okay, maybe, but the the single reality, the single continuous reality, has always been that it never it never did feel right, actually. And things shifted and changed so much and so well, so beautifully in those last couple of weeks when she really needed me and I was there and I was able to give her the help that she, she needed yeah. and what it felt like was that actually, yes those things were there those ties were there those attachments were there the rope was there and uh, we were we were both hanging on to our various... our our rope ends if you like but in the end there was a kind of mutual letting go which was actually a very beautiful thing and I suppose An aspect of the rope is that it's something which separates and so it was a kind of letting go which actually brought us together in a way which i really didn't even know was possible so i've had many many lessons over these well Last year or so, and very intense lessons over the last month or so. And I think that's one of them, um, and that is that we don't get to choose. And things are sometimes things that we think we should get rid of, or cut, or renounce, or... Anything of anything like that. Actually, it's good to trust that knowledge, that, that feeling, that that prompting that actually says, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, keep going, <laughs> keep going, and. Uh, I Dogen, when he was writing about the precepts, uh, he talks about a fire that rises up. And again, there's plenty of podcasts to be done about the precepts. Maybe I'll do some. But I suppose what I'm saying is that if you, if you approach the precepts with this idea that there are things to be solved, almost like a big cleaning-up job, then obviously that's fine. Better to live a preceptually good life. But don't have any preconceptions, or try to avoid preconceptions about what that means, because... Actually, sometimes it's okay for the mess to be there for a while and things clarify and all conditions ripen and suddenly something which seemed like an obstacle actually becomes something which unites. So on that note, I will continue this walk on this foggy morning. I hope uh, all of you are looking after yourselves. So wherever you are, have a great day and stay well.